Good morning, church. For those of you that may not know me, my name is Dan Astuto. I have the privilege of serving as executive pastor here at Greece Assembly. Uh, April 1st, celebrated 16 years on staff, and it's a privilege to share God's word with you this morning. As Pastor already shared, we're going to be continuing our preaching series entitled God Breathe the Holy Bible. If you have your Bibles here today, you can turn to James chapter 1. We trust and we pray as our desire as our pastoral team that this preaching series has been a blessing and encouragement to you. And perhaps you're here visiting or maybe haven't heard all of the previous five messages and would like to hear them, we encourage you to go to our website. There's a tab on the top right-hand side that says messages. You could click on that tab and um, listen back, I think, a year plus of of messages, but you can hear um, the previous messages if you've missed any of them in the series. Before we get into God's word, let's bow our hearts and ask for his blessing on our time here together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in our midst. We thank you for the Holy Bible, the book, your word. Father, we thank you that the book loves us, Lord, and I pray here today that all of us would love you, would love the book. And Lord, I pray as your word goes forth that it would fall on good soil, that, Father, our hearts would be softened and receptive to hear what you would want to say through your word. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. And Lord, that you would speak to me and through me in these next few moments, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, praise God. Our text today is found in James chapter one. I'm gonna read verses 22 through 25. If you don't have your Bibles, there's, the scripture is also on the screen above, reading from the New King James Version. James writes this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be what? Blessed in what he does. Let me give you a brief background here on the book of James. This is the first time we're really referring to James in this series. James, for uh, any of you that may not know, is the half-brother of Jesus. Um, Most scholars say this is probably the first New Testament book that was written shortly after uh, Jesus ascended. Um, James is a very practical writer. What I mean by that is you can read the book of James. It's just five short chapters, and it's one of my favorite books. But the book of James really is the how-to to to Christian living. Um, You know, practically, how do I live this faith out? And, you know, if you look at verse 1 in the book of James, it says to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, this was in the Mediterranean area At this time, the church was going through some heavy persecution, literally, physically scattered throughout. Um, It was a very hostile environment for Christians when this letter was written. So these uh, Jewish Christians were in a very hostile environment and were 
probably tempted to not be as vocal and live out what they knew was true, their faith. Are you with me? So James pens this letter. And, and in our text here today, uh, there's a clear admonition from James. Don't be hearers only. Be what? Doers. So how many of you, let me ask you a question. How many of you at some point today looked in a mirror? Let me see your hands. Hello. I hope most of you did. All right. Pastor Pat, Pastor Ken, can you come up here for a moment? I want to show a few mirrors here today that I got. You can hold these mirrors for a moment here. This one's got a wire. Okay. Here in our text in James 1, the, the scriptures are referred to as a mirror. Now, uh, it took some work. Two out of three mirrors here are from my home. And those of you that don't know, I have four women living at home. So I had to duke it out uh, to get a couple mirrors out. There's mirrors all over the place. Um, this was the one in my wife's makeup bag. Okay, I grabbed early this morning. So for makeup's a little off, it's my fault. Um, but here are some of the mirrors here today. This small mirror here, okay, this is one of those mirrors that magnifies what's on your face, okay? Ladies probably would understand this. I will admit a few times I do refer to this um, um, as far as when I'm shaving. But what I want to look at for a moment here in the scriptures, this small mirror, a mirror for a moment, I want you to think of this as our foes, okay? Our enemies, where there's not maybe, hopefully not many, but it seems like maybe their words or their comments, they magnify and they hit us much bigger than really they should. Are you with me? So, so we have this mirror that represents our foes. Then we have a more framed mirror here that Pastor Ken is holding, okay? A good-looking mirror. This is somewhere in the church. We usually put this up when we have weddings here and parties. But this mirror, to me, this mirror represents Facebook or social media, okay? When you're, first of all, the mirror, it has a way of just, for us, we, we want to look so good. And, and it's not really accurate, per se. Every mirror is different. How many have ever been in one of those, like, um, house of mirrors where there's all over, and you don't know if you should go that way, that way, and you hit your face and stuff? Been in one of those places, right? And, you know, mirrors can be something that blow up, okay? They make you bigger than really accurate. I like the mirrors that make me look thinner, Okay, usually it's this mirror from my girls tell me, so they want one of those in their room. But this last mirror, now for me, because I'm six foot three, it, it doesn't really give the full body, but bear with me, this was the largest mirror I had in my house to bring today, okay? This mirror represents family and friends. This mirror really um, gives us more of an overview from our head to our toe, of what we look like. And for most of us, generally speaking, this mirror, our family and friends, have probably the most accurate, in a sense, picture of who we are, right? The kind of reflection. So thank you for paying attention. Thank you, Pastor Pat, Pastor Ken. All right? So I want you, you can give them a hand. They did a great job. There was nothing embarrassing for them. Sometimes when Pastor Pat calls us up, it's very embarrassing, but I couldn't do that to my boss here today. Um, <laughs> payback, yeah. 
Now, we all know that the purpose of a mirror, generally speaking, is to see yourself and make yourself look as clean and as neat as possible, okay? That's usually why we go to the mirror in the morning, see what happened while we were sleeping, right? And take care of it. Yeah. Um, But not all mirrors are accurate, in a sense, like I mentioned, there are mirrors you can go. I remember going to these, the uh, carnival, and there was a mirror I could stand in front of that made my legs look like a foot tall, you know? And my, my whole top was huge, you know? There are mirrors that make us look heavier, mirrors that make us look thinner. Um, they're not always the most accurate, per se. But I want to give you the mirror today that is the most accurate, the most honest, And the best reflection of who we are, and this is the mirror right here, God's word. This is the mirror that we need to look at today. This is the mirror that James is referring to when he says the perfect law of liberty. Law and liberty, doesn't that sound like a conflict? You think of the law, you think of the Old Testament, you think of, wait, doesn't that bring bondage and so forth? Well, here, what James is referring to is the word of God because it's the word of God, Jesus, made flesh that came to us that sets us free, that provides and gives us liberty. That's what James is talking about here in our text. And I want us to look deeper here in a moment, but if you have your Bibles, you could turn to Hebrews chapter 4. And I believe the references that I'm going to be referring to today are on the bottom of your outlines. But this verse we have up on the screen above in the New King James. Look at what the writer of Hebrews pens here. The word of God is what? Living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a what? Discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That word discerner in the Greek is a word kritikos, if I'm pronouncing it right, K-R-I-T-I-K-O-S. Listen to this. It means relating to judging, fit for judging, skilled in judging. Folks, this really ministered to me this morning as I looked up this word. The Lord put this on my heart. There is only one that qualifies that is fit for judging, that is skilled at doing it, that can relate to honest, pure judging, and that is God. The Bible says in Hebrews later on in chapter 9, it says that it is uh, appointed for a man to die and to face judgment, to stand before God one day. No matter who we are, whether you have a faith background or not, the Bible tells us that we all will die one day and be judged. And the word of God, God himself, is that one. I think when I look at that word kritikos, I think we get our English word critical from it. Um, when I, when I think about that. But the discerner, the, the Bible is the, is the one that truly reflects who we are. And we can look at it and think it's a negative, like, oh, it says the intents and the thoughts and the motives of our heart. No, the Bible is God's word and God's truth and reflects accurately who we are. You see, this is very important. Two From what I understand, two pretty big celebrities took their lives this week. Some of you may have seen that on the news. And you look at this, and I read about this. um, 
And the one guy that I believe did a show on CNN, Anthony Bourdain, if that's his name, the guy is getting paid good money to travel the world and do stuff. Again, this is just a brief summary. But yet just a few days ago, he takes his life. And Kate Spade, um, uh, the, the uh, sister-in-law of the famous actor James Spade, had this multi-million dollar, she, she's known for her handbags and purses, and the first uh, handbag that actually put the tag on the outside, um, and, 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 and some of you may even have uh, a purse with her name on it, just in her 50s, took her life, left a 13-year-old teenager behind. All this money and all this so forth, you know what? Something, some mirror in their life was not accurate. Some mirror in their life made them depressed to take their own life. Are you with me, church? I can't stress enough. We can't stress enough. God breathed the Holy Bible is critical in our lives in these last days. Depression is settling in in the body of Christ, not just the world. In the body of Christ, the attack is on for believers We are talking to believers, people that love Jesus, that have asked Christ into their lives, that are battling. You may be here today, depression and this oppression, and you are not getting an accurate picture of who you are in Christ. I can't stress enough to get into the book to see who you really are. You see, the Bible is a very accurate portrayal of who we are, not just outwardly, but inside. Jesus said, you know, we we look at the outwardly. You've heard it said, do not murder. But I say that if you have anger in your heart, you're a murderer, right? You've heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I say, if you look with lust, you commit adultery of the heart. You see, the Bible, God's word has a way of going deeper. And we need it. It may hurt for a moment, but it will bring healing if we'll allow it to. You cannot have conversion without conviction, church. And the only way to have conviction is by the word of God, by what this writer talks about in Hebrews, the the penetration of the word of God. So when the word of God is taught, we should be listening. We should be ready. But James goes deeper and says, don't just hear it today. Be doers. And this this is the part I feel that we're failing miserably in. You see, I'm a failure. Pastor Pat is a failure if uh, we gauge our success of a message by people saying that was powerful, that was convicting, and they leave here and they don't apply a lick of what was preached. That's not successful. Successful, what scares the devil is when we take God's word and do it. Now there's problems. Are you with me? God's word is good. As we look into the mirror of God's word, we see ourselves as we really are. Without Christ, we're fallen. With Christ, we're forgiven and free. Because of Christ, we're a friend of God, never forsaken. Isn't that awesome, church? James mentions three mistakes people make as they look into God's mirror, and they're there in our text here today. Number one, they merely glance at themselves. I have this text in the New Living Translation, which may help you understand in a moment. Number two, they forget what they see. 
This is what James says in our text here today. And number three, they fail to obey what the word tells them to do. So here's three mistakes that people make when they look into God's mirror. They merely glance at themselves. They forget what they see. They fail to obey what the word tells them to do. Let me read it now in the New Living Translation. Follow along. It's up here on the screen. James 1, 22 to 25. It says, but don't listen to God's word. You must what? Do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. The translation earlier said deceiving yourselves. Do you know deceiving yourself, to me, is the most dangerous deception? Why? Because you don't know it. You deceived yourself. You can deceive somebody, and you know it. (laughs) I've done that to my girls at times. (laughs) Taking the last ice cream cone out of the freezer in the basement. (laughs) But unfortunately, parents, <laughs> where you live sometimes is where the kids and lead is where they follow. Now my kids do it as teenagers, and I'm like, oh, bum. <laughs> they learned from me. Terrible illustration. But the problem with self-deception, James talks about it right here. How do we know we're self-deceived? Well, we know when we hear and we don't do. That's what he's saying, plain English. We don't need a lot of Greek interpretations here, church, okay? When we merely glance. And let me share how I took this when I was reading prayerfully before the Lord. That is often my devotional time right there. I have four devotionals that are like clockwork in the morning just for me, four devotionals that are bookmarked on my internet, on my phone and my webpage, that I just like four men that write these devotionals that personally minister to me that I read on a daily basis every morning for the most part. And I'm, I'm on a, uh, a reading schedule. Pastor Pat challenged us with at the beginning of the year. Some of you may still be on that journey with the New Testament, right? Getting through the New Testament this year. But let me tell you what the danger in some of these things are. is that we glance as a, and we go on. There's this idea in this text here of gazing, of looking intently. The Greek word that's used here means actually to look carefully and cautiously. Church, I have to encourage and challenge you here today. How are you looking at God's word when you do read it? Is it oftentimes like it's been for me, something that we glance at? I read my chapter for the day and go on and there's no life change, there's no application I have just done it. My conscience feels a little better. I can go on with my day. I did my Bible reading. Or is it, God, speak to me. I don't want to leave this moment with you until I've heard from you and I uh, uh, apply what you're going to say to me. Because if we believe that it's God breathed, the word of God, the Holy Bible, wow, wow. I think there would be a a, a more of a reverence and respect. Here's a thought for us to ponder today. It's there in your notes. If we hear the word of God and don't do what it says, we're treating the word of God as if it's useless. Let me say that again. If we hear the word of God and don't do what it says, we're treating the word of God as if it's useless. Turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to Matthew chapter 7 for a moment. You know, there's 15 allusions in the book of James to the Sermon on the Mount. 
If you go very carefully through James, you find, again, James being the half-brother of Jesus, probably observed several of his teachings. But here I want to refer to one that James alludes to here, out of many, and it's the very last parable mentioned in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. You can follow along on the screen here above. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and what? Does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not what? Fall. For it was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it what? Fell, and great was its fall. The Lord dropped this on my heart this morning. Storms often reveal foundations. Storms often reveal foundations. Who or what is your foundation built on? You see, the difference between the foolish and the wise builder is very clear, church, is whether or not you apply what you're hearing. In both cases, everyone's heard. They've heard the Bible. I would say most of America has heard the Bible, has even heard the gospel. People have heard just being in this. You can't go much and you hear there's Jesus died on the cross for your sins. I ask people that oftentimes when I'm in conversations and everybody knows I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins. So because we still have just being, you know, what, 300 or so years old as a nation, um, this Judeo-Christian upbringing where there's a lot of, you know, uh, we've heard of the name of Jesus. We hear that. Now, we know there's many parts in the world that haven't, but as far as in our nation here for a moment, people have heard that. Now, do they understand the gospel? No. They just think Jesus was a good, good uh, guy that died and so forth. We need to go deeper. But when we look at this foundation today, and, and you know what? The storms have come for many of you. I see some of you here today, and some of you are in a storm right now. And Jesus never says that they're not going to come. Matter of fact, he tells us in John 16, verse 33, in this world we will have trouble. But he says, be of good cheer. How could he say that? In James 1, he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials. Why would Jesus and James have good cheer and joy? Because they see the, the bigger picture is before Jesus. And he's doing a work. Is he not doing a work? Oh, he's doing a work, but the work won't be complete and done to its purpose and plan that God desires if we don't apply his truth. And that's where the breakdown happens, and that's where people fall. So if you hear anything that this preacher is saying here today, I'm just repeating what James said. I was telling somebody when I got the text here today, I could probably just read this text and drop the mic and walk out. There's not much interpretation that needs to take place here today. Don't be hearers only. Be doers of God's word. How many of you want a blessed life? Hello? (laughs) How many of you are stupid for not raising your hand? Let me just see if you're listening. I mean, hello. 
Sorry for being so blunt. How many of you want a firm foundation for your life? Knowing that storms come, they go. The key, church, the key is obedience to God's word. That's the key. Don't just be a hearer of God's word, be a doer of God's word. If you're taking notes on your outlines there, the blessed life is an obedient life. The blessed life is an obedient life. Look at, for a moment, in Luke chapter 11. Chapter 11, just to give you a quick background here, Jesus is, is, is teaching, he's training, uh, talking to his disciples earlier on about prayer, giving them a model for prayer. And then the, the environment's starting to get a little hostile. People are accusing Jesus. They're a little, there's some angry folks around. And, you know, you just have to read a couple chapters earlier reading up to here, but I just wanted to give you that because out of nowhere, this woman, verse 27 of chapter 11, yells out, as Jesus was speaking, a woman in the crowd says, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. The crowd just stops. Bladed nuts. <laughs> Loud enough where Jesus took attention. And well, how does Jesus respond? But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and what? Put it into practice or keep it, depending on your translation. Do it. You see, back in the culture back then, family, the genealogy and your ancestry was, was huge. For men, the line you came in, that meant everything. Who, who, who you were from, per se. Now, for ladies who were not looked up nearly as high as men, but what made ladies kind of uh, a, a prominent figure was the sons, notice the men, the sons that they bore. So I want you to understand the culture. This lady out of nowhere just yells out, well, God bless you. I mean, Jesus was doing this. The, 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 the womb that you came from. And Jesus uses that moment to speak a truth to touch people. Oh, yeah, that may be a blessing, but even more blessing are those who hear my words and put them into practice and do them. Do you want a blessed life? Do you want a blessed life? That's, don't be so quick to answer. Because I've been praying. I've been praying, Holy Spirit, speak. Word of God, speak. Before we exit this place here today. And I believe as we close that the word of God, that the, the spirit of God is going to speak to those of you that say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Now, some of you may be here today and you know, you're just here out of respect. Maybe someone invited you and so forth. But I really believe as we prepare to close here in a moment, God is going to speak. I want to give you just a couple words. Um, I guess you would call them an, an acrostic. You can see them there on your outlines to help you understand and encourage and admonish you with what I've been talking about here this morning. The words read and do. Okay? Read was better than hear. I know the word hear is, is in the text, but bear with me here. Write these words down and chew on this as you take time to read God's word this week. Number one, read prayerfully. Read prayerfully. As I mentioned earlier, don't just glance at God's word. Gaze upon it. Meditate on it. Be quiet and listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit to speak back to you. 
You know, prayer is not one-way communication. We often view it that way. I'm going to pray, God, and we let it go. Prayer was intended as an intimate time of fellowship, of communion with God the Father. And oftentimes it's in the stillness and the quietness of reading God's word and just communion with the Holy Spirit that God will put things on our heart directly from heaven to do, maybe for that day. Read prayerfully. Number two, extract the main idea of what you're reading. Say you have a habit and you desire to read a chapter a day or whatever it is. Say, Holy Spirit, help me as I read to pull one main idea of what you want for me today. If we were to read this text here today, most of you probably would say, oh, James is saying, don't be hearers, only be doers. He uses the mirror. He has some illustration in a sense there, but we would say, that, that this is the main thing. I got to apply what God's telling me to do. Okay? Number three, apply it to your life. Read prayerfully. Extract the main idea. Apply it to your life. And number four, don't give up. That's a word for somebody here today. Don't give up. You may be frustrated. You're saying, Dan, you don't get it. I've been praying for years and it's getting worse. You're just not getting it. From what I know, I'm obeying. I'm doing, Dan. I'm not getting this. I'm just telling you, get in God's word all the more and find promises that you can cling on to. Read prayerfully. Extract the main idea. Apply it to your life and don't give up. And then undo on the right side there. Dare to obey. Dare to obey God's word. Dare to obey God with what he tells you to do. Some of you say, God's not speaking. I'm not hearing him. Oftentimes, I have found that that happens because we haven't done the thing that he told us to do. So he's not going to give us another thing. In closing, I ask you, what is God telling you to do? Could you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment here? I've been praying for the Holy Spirit to speak very clearly in this moment to each and every follower of Christ what he would want you to hear and do. I'm going to say several words that the Lord has put on my heart in closing that perhaps one of them, as I say it, will resonate in your heart as something today that God is calling you to do. Let's not leave here, hearers only, deceiving ourselves, but be doers of the word. The Bible says in John 13, verse 17, 17, Jesus says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So with your heads bowed and eyes closed, there's just several words I'm going to say, one words, and I'm going to pause. And I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to followers of Christ in this moment. I'm gonna address those of you that aren't believers in a moment, but for followers of Jesus Christ, no distractions, please, no movement around, just for this moment. Word of God speak, Holy Spirit speak. As I say these words, perhaps one is gonna hit home and you're gonna say, this is what God has called me to do today. Forgive. Love. Give. Listen. 
Submit. Call. Write. Help. Serve. Commit. Go. Stay. Holy Spirit, I pray right now by your goodness and your faithfulness. In this moment, God, speak to your children. Father, I'm going to ask in your goodness and grace that you would speak very loud and clear that now it is up to us to be hearers only and deceive ourselves or to be doers and say, God, I know that's what you told me to do. God, you brought back something that you told me to do months ago. God, I don't know if I can do this, but God, by your grace, I'm gonna do it. Spirit of God, speak to your church in this moment. Spirit of God, empower your church Baptize your church in your spirit with the dunamis and the power of the Holy Spirit to apply and do what you are telling us to do. In the name of Jesus, as your heads continue to stay bowed in this moment, if you're here today, you're not a follower of Christ, I have one word for you. Repent. Repent. If you know in your heart the Holy Spirit is, is moving and you say, Dan, I, I know, I understand. God is convicting me. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I recognize I have not lived for him. I lived for myself. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want my eternity secure. The word of the Lord would say repent. That's just simply a change of mind that results in a change of behavior. You're walking your way, but today you're saying by God's grace, I'm going to walk his way. I'm turning around. If there's anyone here today that says I repent, I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not turning back. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you in closing as heads are bowed. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, I'm turning. I am not going in the direction I'm in anymore. God bless you. Anyone else? Dan, just pray for me. I repent. I'm turning. I can't go on this way anymore. I don't want to go on this way. I want to be Lord's. I want to be, I want to be Jesus' follower. Anyone else before I move forward. God bless you. You can put your hand down, gentlemen, that raised your hand. And I encourage you, after Pastor Pat closes the service, if you raise your hand, maybe you don't have a Bible, maybe you have a Bible, but you're just putting your faith in Christ today. Would you please just see me up front? I would love to pray for you and, and, and just encourage you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Can we all stand here? Can we all stand here? The Holy Spirit is moving. I'm going to ask the worship team to lead us in a chorus. Maybe for some of you here today, the word was very clear. Maybe one of the words that I said resonated in your heart. And as we worship the Lord, you want to just praise him and thank him. Maybe you want to respond physically. Maybe you want to just take a moment at the altar and ask God to do what only he can do. As we worship the Lord with this song here today, I want to encourage you to respond, whether it's out there in the pew or here at the front, respond 
to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's all leave here today, not just hearers, but doers of the Word of God. Let's worship Him here.